welcome to the Church of the Redeemers Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Amen, somebody. Every time I feel the Spirit, yes, Lord, the Spirit of our God is alive and well in this place. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Giving glory to God the Father, my Creator. Giving glory to God the Son, my Redeemer. Giving glory. God, the Holy Spirit, my sustainer. Good morning, Redeemer. God is truly blessing us this morning. Happy African Heritage Sunday. Somebody ought to say amen. I greet you in the name that is above every name. The name at which every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We we do thank and praise God for all of our blessings. I, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite Sundays. I enjoy the music ministry. I enjoy the genius of the music ministry. By that I mean the genius of improvisation. I don't know if y'all noticed that greatness that was in our presence. Amen. I enjoy the poem by my body. And I enjoy sometimes I feel like a motherless child. I tell you, God is the ultimate God of setting things up. I wanted to include that song in the manuscript. And I was telling my wife, I got too much stuff. I got edited. And then I wanted to really paint the picture of the pain our ancestors experienced. Wow. So the poem, the song, and just the, and here you'll see, I, I'm just trying to tell you, God set this up. When I knew I was scheduled to preach, I had a text, and I told my wife, and I said, guess what? The Lord don't want me to preach that. And that was one of her favorite texts. She didn't take that too lightly. <laughs> but I had to be obedient. So I, I thank God for the songs. Come by here. Come by here. If you have a visual illustration of what our ancestors went through, you can feel the words of the song. Somebody needs you, Lord. Come by here. And then to end up in America and to have that full assurance that God didn't bring me this far. To leave me now. Bye, bye, bye. If you would, if you would turn and meet me in the 137th chapter of the Psalm. Psalms, but Psalm 137. Psalm 137. And I believe you're familiar with my practice. Uh, if you could, leave your Bible open. Because we let God's word do the preaching. I'm just the voice, the mouthpiece. Uh, we want to thank God because we're grateful that we were blessed every Wednesday during the month of February to be able to study our African presence in Scripture. So I want to say from the bottom of my heart that I thank everyone for your participation, for your prayers, and for your encouragement. And watch this. I tell you, God is the ultimate God at setting things up. Here we are on the last day of this special month. And God continues 
to allow us to celebrate our rich African heritage as we get ready to hear a word from the Lord. And if I could just quote Brother Piper, I'm sure she would say, oh, look at God. Oh, look at God. Set this up. Our God is great. Greatly to be praised. You ought to be at the 137 Psalm by now. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm reading out of the King James Version. I feel a little traditional this morning. I hope that's all right. Verse number one, and I'll be reading from verse one to verse four. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our hearts upon the willow in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required a song of us. And they wasted us and required mirth of us, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. And if I can contemporize it, sing us one of those old great Baptist gospel songs. Verse number four. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? For the next 20 minutes or so, I, I want to preach from the thought, don't lose your song. Part two, I, I preach the same text with the same title, but it's a different message. In other words, God gave me new illumination on this text. Notice I said God didn't give me new revelation. All of the revelation of God is already complete. That's in God's word. Illumination simply means I can look at the same text and see it in a different way. This is part two. And I got to share with you, there may be a part three because all of it couldn't make it in. Pray with me if you would. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. God, if you withdraw your hand from me, oh, where will I go? God, I need you to walk with me. God, I need you to talk with me. God, let your spirit fall afresh. Anoint your preacher to preach like he's never preached before. God, have your way. Have your way. We thank you in advance for blessing your people. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 Redeemer. You may recall seeing a video that was taken by a Los Angeles police officer where there was a Russian-born Emily Zamuka. Uh, she was singing beautiful classical opera on a subway platform. Needless to say that this video went viral in a short period of time. It even made several news channels. But it's the story behind the video that I find very interesting. You see, because Emily Zamuka, the Russian immigrant, she came to the US at the age of 24. And she taught violin and piano lessons to make a living. However, due to some unforeseen health issues, she had to give up her teaching, thus losing her source of income. So then, then she, she started to do street performances with her $10,000 violin. And while performing on the streets one day, a man grabbed her $10,000 violin and damaged it to the point where it could no longer be used. Not, not only that, to make matters worse, 
One day, while she was getting off the bus, somebody pushed Emily off the bus, thus breaking her wrist in the fall. Yes, yes, I've got to tell you, it gets even worse than that. Not long after breaking her wrist, she ended up homeless on the streets of Los Angeles. What this video shows is it shows this homeless woman. She's pushing a cart that has all of her belongings. And she's here in the subway. And she's singing some of the most beautiful classical music that you'll ever hear. In fact, some call her the subway soprano. You see, what Emily Zamuka is teaching each and every one of us, that in the course of life, when you find yourself in a strange land, whatever you do, don't lose yourself. I don't know if you realize it or not, but our ancestors taught us that very same lesson some 400 years before Emily Zamuka sang in the subway platform. You see, our African ancestors, they found themselves in this strange land called America, and they sure enough, sure enough, taught us that whatever you do, don't lose your song. You see, they sang while they were in chains and unjust bondage. They sang what many of us call the Negro spirituals. They sang in the midst of true, inhumane, shameful, humiliating conditions of slavery. They sang as they worked for free from sunup to sundown like a Hebrew slave. They sang the ugly scars and the painful wounds by them being forced into slavery. They sang songs like you just heard. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child as I find myself in this strange land. Now don't miss this. The genius of our ancestors. Because when they arrived, they had no common tongue. But they were still able to get on one accord with their moans and their chants. And eventually they began to sing their songs on one accord. But our ancestors, they had the ability to apply what we call a contemporary hermeneutics to their current situation. What is it that I'm trying to say? The Negro spirituals express a full range of emotions. They express their pain, their fear, their joy, their sorrow, their despair, their hope, and yes, their faith. Not only that, but the Negro spirituals expressed their Christian religious values as it shaped their current experience. You see, the scene of the Negro spirituals and met their needs as well as the song and the singing of the songs empowered our ancestors to get through that bitter period and that painful terrible. You see, our ancestors, they were never defeated and they were never destroyed, mainly because the Negro spirituals represented their request for freedom, and it represented how they felt in a strange land. Now, should we ever find ourselves in a strange land? Or should I say, should we ever find ourselves in a strange place? I'm talking about a place where you lose your job, you lose your source of income. You lose a prized possession. 
Maybe you either lose your home. What our ancestors teach us, that whatever you do, don't lose your son. You see, every one of us, from the pulpit to the door, at one time or another, we're going to find ourselves in a strange land. I know I'm right about it. All you got to do is just watch the news. You'll see that over 500,000 people have died during this current pandemic. That's a strange land. Here we are living in what's called the new normal, social distancing, and having to wear masks. That is a strange land. No longer are we able to travel to and from without the fear or the concern of catching this deadly virus. That's a strange land. We find ourselves confined and cooped up indoors for extended periods of time thus creating and causing an internal rage inside of us that's resulting in such a way that we are freely killing and murdering each other on our streets on a daily basis. That is a strange land. And if I can be honest with you, you can be a Bible-toting, scripture-quoting, church member in good standing, and you can still find yourself in a strange land. Hear me today, somebody. To a large extent, the land that we're living in today is a strange land. But we've got a song that must be sung. I, I test test this morning. We see the Israelites find themselves in a strange land. The Israelites cry out in the men for the 137th Psalm is a psalm of lament, which means that they're simply expressing their grief and their sorrow. The text says that they were sitting by the river in Babylon. They were sitting in captivity. And they were weeping because they remembered Zion. You see, they had just received bad news. And the bad news was that the temple in Jerusalem had been destroyed. So here we are. God's chosen people and they're now feeling miserable and they're sitting by the river which gives us the picture that they're sitting and they're watching the water go downstream. In other words, it's like watching your dreams just fade away. Watching your goals get further and further away. Watching your aspirations that you once had flow downstream. And you're thinking and feeling that all is lost. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Have you ever experienced a strange land where your heart is heavy? You're dealing with a depressive state of mind. And when it comes to things, it seems like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. Now, I know in times like this, you may not feel like singing, but I stop by and encourage somebody that whatever you do, don't lose your song. Yes, the text. The text raises the relevant question. Verse number four. Text says, 
in a strange land. How can I sing when I'm dealing with being in captivity? How can I sing when I get the bad news that the temple is destroyed? How can I sing when I have nothing to sing about? Focus 
on God and not the situation. Somebody ought to say amen. See, many, many scholars believe that this psalm was written by the Levites mainly because the person speaking says we we hang our hearts upon the willow. The psalm is really making a point about the importance of music and song in our worship to God. Yeah, you see, the harp was a musical instrument that was used in the temple service by the Levites. Or should I say, it was used by the praise and the worship team. For the willows are a kind of tree that grows by the river. Some say that when they hang their harps on the willows, it was because they heard of the destruction of the temple. And since the temple had been destroyed, they had no need of the harps, and they had no hope of using their harps again. So they put their harps on the willow. Now, I don't know that. That's what some scholars say. But here's what I do know. I know that when you hang your harp upon the willow, that it implies that you are focusing on your situation and you're not focusing on your God. You see, when you focus on the situation and not focus on God, you will give up every time. And I know I'm right about that. When you focus on the situation, you make the situation bigger than our God. But when you focus on our God, you make our God bigger than your situation. Yes! I stopped to tell somebody, don't quit on God. Don't quit shouting. Don't quit putting your tangerine on the shelf. Don't quit the ministry. Don't stop coming to church. Don't give up on God. Notice. Notice if you win. They took their instrumental praise and worship with them in a strange land. Ah, that tells me that whenever we find ourselves in a strange land that we need to bring with us our praise. For when I bring my praise in a strange land, it produces my best song. I wish I could get a witness. So you may ask, how do I know that our ancestors focused on God and not their situation? How do I know? Well, the way that I know is you just got to listen to some of the Negro spirituals. For in the spiritual, they're not only singing about pain and hope, but they are singing about their biblical-based theology. And I know I'm right about it. Yeah. For when they sang, going to lay down my burden. Down by the riverside, they knew that burden is a weight that is carried either in the heart or the mind, or can be deeply emotional. In other words, these illiterate saints who couldn't write or read, but they could sing. First Peter five seven, cast your cares on the Lord. For he cares for us. They can sing Matthew 11, 28. Come to me. All you who are burdened, weary, and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Yes. When he sang, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. They were singing about their trials and their suffering here on earth. But the song is a song of hope 
represents the white man or woman. And in the poem, Maya Angelou is explaining the feelings of racial discrimination, segregation, and domination. The poem describes how she was the bird that was trapped in the cage. The bird was tied up and was unable to reach freedom. The caged bird can be interpreted as the black race being held back from freedom by our skin color. In the poem, it's constantly repeated that the wings of the caged bird are clipped, that its feet are tied, and that the only thing that the caged bird can do is simply open his mouth and sing. What am I trying to say? That this implies that even a bird that is trapped in a strange land that will continue to persevere and not give up about the hope of things to come, that even a caged bird knows whatever you do, don't lose your soul. Yes. Don't lose your soul. Lastly, and I'm almost done. Thank you, Jesus. I'm almost done. How should we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Man, answer to that question is so simple. Just sing. Just sing. Just sing. You see, we sing like our forefathers sang during the time of slavery when they were brought from their homeland to this strange land in America. And despite of it all, they sang. And because they sang, we can sing today. J. Wendell Maxson Jr. in his book titled The Music Ministry in the Black Church Maxson says African Americans didn't lose their song in slavery. It was the singing of the Negro spirituals that gave our people their survival kit. In other words, it was the singing of the spirituals that gave them power. Power. Our ancestors were able to survive because there's a mysterious power when you sing to our God. The Bible says our God inhabits the praises of his people. So sing, sing. W.E.D. Du Bois, in his book, The Soul of Black Folk, the boy says when African Americans began to sing, something began to happen. They were able to be moved a little closer to God and a little further from their situation. I stopped by to tell somebody, sing, sing, sing. Why should we sing in a strange land? The good news, that's Just as Paul and Simon 
got to keep a hymn in your heart. You got to keep a melody on your mind. Most importantly, you got to keep a song in your spirit. Sing. Sing. Redeemer, don't lose your song. As we done in the past, we must continue to sing and provide hope. Music provides hope. Our ancestors had what they call an eschatological hope. All that simply means is they had a hope of the future. They said, I might be catching hell right now, but it ain't always going to be like this. And they sang of a future hope. Whatever you do, don't lose your song. God bless you.
from the church. You have out of fellowship and a good relationship with God. Thank God that he's married to the backslide. That restoration is part of the ministry. If you would like to be restored and reconnected, simply give us your information. We will reach out, touch, agree, and pray together. We'll also listen to any concerns or any situations because this is a place where you ought to be able to come and get the help that you need. This is the place that you ought to be able to come, tell us your situation, and not be judged. This is the place that you ought to be able to come to be restored and be uplifted. Is there one that needs to be restored? Salvation, restoration, is there one?
Give God glory for an awesome service today.